Hello, everybody. Welcome to another evening with Uber Geek Media. I am Steve. I am running the show tonight. We are recording another episode of our actual play, 5e D&D podcast in absentia. You can find in absentia on whatever podcast app you like. Joining me tonight are these lovely players and co-hosts. First amongst them is John. Hi, I'm Seasonal Bard, or John. I, uh, I play Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard, and, well, this cats don't purr. And John and Quill feature in our very own hot tub stream every other Saturday here on Twitch. Not really, but... It's really hard to get the cat into the hot tub. It's a hot sand bath is really what it is. Um, and it really is just us watching John burn on hot sand. That's all it is. And then making belittling comments as he squirms. Also joining me is Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I play Story the Kenkuro. And Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I play Ziggurat the Dragonborn Sorcerer. Last, we saw our intrepid heroes as a group. Well, frankly, we didn't see them as a group because one of them was unconscious. And those of you listening to this in fully edited form have a little bit of a sneak peek of what went on as he was unconscious. But for the two players that were here for the last full recording, which one of you would want to do a recap tonight? I can take it. I'm fine with that. Uh, so last time, we made our way back to the underground. I keep forgetting, like, I want to, like, slot in other names for it, but it's the underground. And Story noticed that Ziggurat wasn't conscious. Luckily, with a deft medical check, was alive. <laughs> kind of important there. But we made it back to the underground. Story noticed that there was something in the doorway, discovered the door person was dead. And story and Quill snuck inside, saw that people were in the midst of triaging and healing. And so they got to work. Story bringing the water and Quill performing some medicine, uh, healing, that kind of thing. Not actual magical healing, just regular old-fashioned healing. And after... I don't know how many hours it was into the early morn. They both just conked out. And Quill had a dream about a new spell in the spell book. In the morning, they gathered back together, talked again with some people, Trisha especially, about where in the world Yaladu was. So them still kind of tending to everyone, Story and Quill took the wagon out, found Jorshwin, who was in a state, not sure where Jelkis was, 
after a short discussion, managed to get him in the wagon uh, in the back with Head Crusher. And we made our way further, found the remnants of half of Yaladu's titanic monstrosity, this robot of massive skill and power, with a barely alive Yaladu in it, with a little bit more hands-on medical aid and the use of a light, cure light wounds scroll, we pulled Yaladu back from the brink of death and brought him back to the underground where some more discussions were had, story got some tea, and Quill asked people what they wanted to do and made some decisions of his own in that moment which he had uh our good friend neat is it neat cow or neat cow neat cow no l so asked neat cow to gather up the people of ragoon once more and then we heard a weird tinkling noise from our room <laughs> a familiar tinkling noise familiar strange tinkling noise from our room and by story got water and tea, we mean she was not allowed to do medicine checks. Yeah. With daggers in hand. To be especially. fair, you've succeeded on some of them, but the ones that Quill is like really focused in on were the one where you pulled the knife out and then jabbed it back into the man's chest. Like deeply. Deeply back into that chest. Well, it's like a cork. Same same concept, right? Well, I think Ziggert said, no, you're not supposed to take it out. And you're like, okay. <laughs> blood, blood doesn't come Like Blood's got to stay in. If you just put the knife back in, it'll stay in there, right? She's not used to doing it that way. I don't want him to get blood poisoning, though. It's got to come out. <laughs> so, so, shifting perspectives slightly. A lot happened from... Ziggurat's perspective, but for now, we're going to let that play out. Inside the room, unbeknownst to Ziggurat or Story or Quill, a well-kept, clean, especially considering what's just occurred in town, well-dressed, middle-aged gnome is standing. As he gazes around the room, his eyes glaze over and white fog rolls through them for just a moment. His tiny little crystalline unicorn shakes its mane of tiny little rubies and he seems to snap out of whatever trance he was in. And he glances at the doorway. He turns for just a moment. It's okay, Pumpkin. It's okay. It's time. Time to go to work. And he cracks his knuckles and heads for the doorway. And shifting back to the common room, we have Quill and we have Story. Quill has just finished this expository Speech, I guess, is probably the best kind statement. Of? I guess. Yeah. How would you? It it was 
a bit of those like it's a bit ruminations. Of a rant, yeah, for being honest. Rumi- the ruminations of what a, a proper speech will become. Okay. All right. Um Yaladu is seems a little manic, um, as Yaladu usually does, but uh it's a little more laid back as he is even with all of the healing that he's recently gotten, he's probably still a little out of it. Zigrit has been finishing this conversation with Trisha, entering this scene. Last perspective in the main show, Quill had just noticed this tinkling noise. What would you like to do, sir? There's uh, not someone in our room, is there? I, I heard a noise. Uh, story stealths over to the room. Go ahead, throw me a stealth check. 28. Sneaky as can be, you get up the door, and you see the very familiar face of the jeweler from Fanciful Things in Ragoon. That Quill bought that discount diamond from. It was a nice diamond. It was just well, discounted. No, no, it was just locationally, uh, pretty plentiful. I watched for a second. All you see is the little aside to his little friend on his shoulder. You do definitely notice the unicorn move, however. Whereas you could have possibly played it off as the trick of the light in the past. You definitely saw that motherfucking unicorn move this time. The gnome turns and starts walking towards the doorway. Story steps out. Gives a very pointed look. Hello, little blackbird. How are you? Mm-hmm. How are things? Book, she writes, Why were you in our room? Oh, things hit the fan. A jewelry shop didn't seem like a particularly safe place for a man of means to be in all of this. So I came here. Uh, she writes down, so the, the bedroom of an assassin seemed like a safe place. Would you rather I go out with all of the other killers or the one I know? Quick aside to... Um, Neither of you would have seen Ziggurat come out of the room yet. So Correct. As, at this point, as far as you know, Ziggurat was in there. I don't know if that affects your approach at all, but like, as far as you know, Ziggurat was still passed out unconscious. Like, We haven't crossed paths since I became conscious again. You two would have expected Ziggurat to still be in there at this point. Quill. Quill not hearing anyone. Snaps his fingers, summons Rava jumps in and sees story obviously conversing story writes down quickly depends on if i can play with the unicorn well you could ask puts a question mark after it (laughs) (laughs) and he looks over for just a moment he goes well it prances a little bit and then leaps across the room from his shoulder into Story's hand, tinkling as it goes. 
story because she she's been focused. So would she have noticed? Noticed Sigrid not there? Did we put blankets on him? I would assume you would have done more than just dump him in this room. <laughs> well, I mean, Sigrid's pretty hard to miss as a large body, too. <laughs> Yeah, he's a big guy. To be fair, I think I was pretty explicit the night previous with Quill came in, curled up on the ground, and then Ritual casted to get Unseen Servant to give him his bedroll. That's true. That's we true. had help getting Ziggurat in. She'll come here whistle to, to Quill. And then I think at that point, she will point out that Ziggurat's not in the room to Quill. With the unicorn in hand, she's going to signal to Quill that Ziggurat is gone. Uh, Quill comes over. Um, hello hello there. Um, do you happen to know where our large friend is? Not here. Do you happen to have seen where he went? Yes. Out and about, I wager. Would you be willing to tell us? He points at the doorway. Out and about, last I saw. And he winks. Thank you. Um, what exactly are you? I don't think in the time we spent in Ragoon, you spent much time here. I do have a business to attend to, sir. I keep losing his voice. I keep going British. What's going on? He he went on vacation for a couple weeks. That must be what it is. He's a man of the world. He's come back now and is that douche. That's right. That's, I'm going to just have him change accents every time. Well, that, that's true. I mean, but uh seem to be in... Well, we were kind of staying here. Don't mean to be a stickler, but seems a little bit strange to hole up in other people's places of rest. Story takes the unicorn and goes through her box of stuff and takes inventory. Yes, yes, prudent, prudent of you. Um, yes, Pr very prudent, very prudent. Um, I mean, I totally understand. You know, we're not good friends. Just happen to see an empty room without blood in it. Well, mostly. And he looks over kind of where Ziggurat was lying. Seemed cleaner than the other places. I, I apologize. Story turns and signs at Rava. Where did he sleep? We're all here. I, I don't mean to pry, but we... How long have you been here? In the room? I would wager... I sometimes lose a little time, but I maybe an hour. Oh, oh, so not that long. Okay. Uh, to be honest, we'll be vacating fairly certain. I, I was more concerned that you'd been here without us really noticing for some time, and that discomforts me somewhat. But, um, and yes, I. By all means. You see Nico pop his head in the doorway for a moment. He goes, um, Frimmery, you've been here almost four hours. Really? 
No, it couldn't be that long. Just popped in for a little bit. He strokes his little wiry beard. Maybe it has been that long. Are you, uh... He looks at his little unicorn. Puffin? And it emphatically nods its head. Are you, uh, doing all right? Then no head trauma to speak of. There was a large battle last night. Could have suffered some injury. Oh, I assure you, I was quite safe. I always assure myself of my safety. You wouldn't mind if I asked your companion if you were quite safe, would you? By all means. Hey, hey there. The story holds out. Awkwardly holds the unicorn up. Hey there, little one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were safe the entire time? Through Rava's eyes, the unicorn looks directly at Rava and nods very, very solemnly. Okay. Well, um, if you've been losing some time, still think you should get checked out by someone here. But beyond that, uh, I, th- I think uh, we have some places to be, and we won't be needing this space much longer, so feel free to take time in relative safety. Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll just sit here for a minute. Can I, can I talk with my little friend for a few? Story holds him up, but doesn't hand him over. And the little unicorn leaps back over to him. You see this odd, weird little gnome takes a pillow cushion, sits down in the corner, Again, glances oddly back to where Ziggurat would have been lying down. Holds the unicorn in his lap. Starts muttering to it. In a very quirky fashion. Just quiet enough where you can't quite make out what he's saying. Quill uh, steps back into the common room. Not to alarm anyone, but uh, we seem to have lost a rather large dragonborn. Not unique, how, but uh, the other one. Has anyone seen our friend? Sigurd pops his head around. Quill? When did you get back? Story waves. Not too long ago. Uh, You are upright. Uh Uh-huh. Which is very, very good. I am. Yeah, I was just uh, helping out here with Trish, uh, getting people bandaged up. Must have missed you. Come in. Yeah, we were... Yeah, we were out... Gathering Yellowdoo's awake. Right? Story? Yellowdoo's awake? Found him then. Yes. Last Trisha told me uh, he was still lost. Yeah, we picked him up. He was hanging out in the remnants of his uh Well, I I'm sure he can fill you in the unfortunate fate of his mighty warrior. Looking about this place, uh, it's no surprise. Uh, he's in a little rough shape. I myself have a killer headache. Um, would love to lay down again, actually. Story in our room? Story's right in front of you. Oh. She 
so short, though. Oh, there you are. Very sneaky. Sometimes she doesn't even know. Well, anyway, um... She can't even see herself sometimes. Gonna go lie down in my bed, then. Uh, she signs at you. Maybe you should see if you have a concussion. That's why I'm gonna lie down. I'm sure I do. The, the no, no laying down. No sleeping with a concussion. Well, it's just a rest. I'm not gonna sleep. Well, um, I'll leave you, you both do that. I, I have some things I was gonna go tend to. Uh, I've got a barrel or a bushel of a carrots to go buy head crusher and some other things to attend to in town. I'll be back in a bit. And off in the distance, you see, you just hear ecstatic braying. As I walk into the room, I haven't seen this gnome at all. What the hell? Hello. Hello. Can I help you? Have a good nap? No. Interesting. Very interesting. The weird dream. Uh, as one is probably want to have after a night like that. How are you not amongst the injured? This is basically the whole town isn't here. Oh, well, I have a bodyguard. Turns and holds up his little unicorn. Oh, did that just wink at me? Oh, yeah. It's quite sassy sometimes. Will. Um, anyway, I'm going to take a rest. Just kind of collect my thoughts. Um, why were you in here? What do you do in here anyway? If you're not hurt, what's your business here? Well, I mean, there's only so many places for those of magical means where we can be open about our arts. I see. I'll get it. Ah, that makes sense. Well, so does the first encounter with you, then. Uh, anyway. I'm... You're gonna have to leave so I can rest, then. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just one teensy question. Hmm. That artifact hmm? is still safe. Yes? Artifact. And as you're remembering, he expressed interest in your wand. I kind of, because it's like tucked in my sleeve usually when I don't have it. I'm kind of like rubbing my arm a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, it's also mine. Oh, yes, you were quite, quite clear about it not being a negotiable sale when we last spoke. Um, I yeah. just was curious. He looks over you for a moment, and you just see his eyes glaze over with this white fog for just a split second as it roams over your wrist. Good, good. Um, right. Well, the wand is fine. It is uh, 
Well, it's a family heirloom. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Still, you can't have it. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, mate. No, no, by all means. By all means. I'm, I understand. I understand. And, um, please, please rest. I'll, I'll leave you to it. And he turns and waves his hand for just a moment. And the fireplace in the room erupts merrily. He goes, please, please, get comfortable. I'll... I'm sure we'll see each other soon. Right. Walks out, and then for a moment glances back over his shoulder as you get settled in, and then steps out into the common room. Weird. That was so weird. And then we're going to flash over to... What is Story doing right now? Um, well, as soon as Story saw the jeweler leave the room, because she kind of stuck around, because it's still awkward, but none of the, the stuff was missing. I, I mean, at least you didn't have me do a check when I said I was kicking inventory. So she's going to go and see what she needs to do to start up a first aid tent or red cross center she has no interest in politics uh, but she does have interest in her, her new town being better especially the gilded pig yes yes so seeing who she can organize with and and Ziggurat's gonna look over at story and just say before you go um you and quill oh, i do have to tell you something um, later. Just letting you know. Um, be nice to have a chat. Yes. She signs just make sure to wake up. I'm not going to sleep. Just resting. You can rest and not sleep. So, story, Trish would probably be the logical one to go to. She's kind of propped up in a corner on a stool where probably Ziggurat would have been the last one to see her on and off. She's very tired, but after rousing her, she grabs a couple of her compatriots, gets you a few supplies, a tent to go over to the Gilded Pig. Story happily walks away while uh, chastising her to go to sleep for a couple hours. Yes, I mean, I know what's good for me as she chugs another cup of really really strong tea no one can identify with that feeling (laughs) i never do that story goes and sets up and any kids she finds on the way she brings with because she is predictable for a period of time i would assume story would spend organizing setting up shop trying to get it probably utilizing the wagon you guys just bought too That's the thought, the wagon and the horse. Getting supplies and then starting to head over. She'll get treats for the horse too. And yep. So that would bring us to what Quill's up to because Head Smasher would be with the wagon. Well, uh, the bushel of carrots is a side project. The main project is uh, with the help of Nikau rounding up the townsfolk and I I guess bringing them to the gilded pig 
<laughs> that is what was discussed. I mean, it's a popular hotspot in town. It's many things. How is the Gilded Pig? Like, when I get there, how is it? Or am I not I there yet? I would say we're not there yet. So Quill and Nico head out. How are you wanting to entertain this? Are you just trying to get people rounded up so you can talk to them? Are you trying to appeal to any specific thing in this time of need? Getting them rounded up to have a discussion. Like cattle to the slaughter? Fireball. No, getting... Quill would, as we're walking, Coach Nikau, be like, so uh, what I want is to get people to come and, and together to discuss the things that have happened in the past night, to discuss, well, Peter and the future of this town as things probably seem very tumultuous to many of them. Yes, um, tell you what, I will spread the word, give me a few hours, obviously there's still a lot going on, but, um, yeah, yeah, let me see what, I'm sure I can gather up at least a few people who have the town's ear. I don't think you're going to get a ton of people right now, but at the least, if it's to talk about what we do moving forward, then we can we can at least get some of the townsfolk that are leaders of some sort. And I assume at least some of the people are, are injured. You should seek our efforts to help alleviate the pain, if nothing else, and I think... Though the Gilded Pig isn't exactly a place where I would tend to folk, I think it's the best we've got in this instance. And he puts his hands on his hips. He goes, the Gilded Pig will hear you mind and soul. Thank you very much. Damn right. Well, mind and I was, I was thinking more the body and the mind and the soul kind of. Thing that gets injured more often. Sir, you have clearly never had their Arctic joke, deep. I I actually did. It was okay, but I mean more... <gasps> I'm sorry. You feel the heart, the little birdie heart out there trying to help heal people just break? But I, I mean the, the physical harm, the injuries. As much as artichoke dip is probably very delicious, I don't think that is cures bruises or cuts or maimings. But did you try the little cream cheese filled things? It really put this town on the map. I'll meet you there, Nico. I'm gonna. I'm going to go find a bushel of carrots for my donkey. <laughs> With a dejected sigh, Nikau walks off. You can hear him shouting, talking to people. As you wander down the street, finding a bushel of carrots might be interesting. Can you do me sure. an investigations, please? That was sort of going to be good. A seven. 
So you do happen to find a bushel of carrots in the backyard of a house that's smoldering. Nope. Maybe if we come back and it's still empty. After a fair amount of wandering around looking for more accessible carrots, I guess, (laughs) you come up dry. It's a tough day for Ragoon. Like, the market's probably not open. Unfortunately. I'm assuming, would you make your way to the Gilded Pig right away, or would you want to stop back at the Underground first? Uh, To the Gilded Pig. To the Gilded Pig, okay. So we'll say, after your brave quest for carrots, the timelines match up with Story bringing the wagon to the Gilded Pig. Now we're going to flash the story's perspective because this is this place is a little more closer to story's heart. Story, you have your laden down wagon, probably a small retinue of people. My guess would be probably more than one cart <laughs> of supplies and a tent and stuff like that. You start to approach the gilded pig. The surrounding buildings leading up to that block are in bad shape. Really burnt out. You see a lot of evidence that there was a good chunk of heat here. But then, this dark smoke parts and this shining beacon of hope shines out in the form of a golden pig statue (laughs) this cheap ass painted golden pig sign on the side of a building appears mostly unscathed and it is just shining in the darkness of the town her soul heals a little bit everything is a little brighter The open sign is not in the window, however. She walks up and knocks on the door. After a few moments, you hear clap, clap, clap. Little slider goes over the door. And you just see the top half of, like, what is very obviously the cranky dwarf that was behind the counter. Yes? She waves frantically and uh, writes quickly in her her notebook we're using this wonderful amazing establishment as a beacon of hope for our city to gather to heal to check on loved ones ah jerry fire up the grill we got customers john is deeply disappointed in this (laughs) capitalism survives john it always does always does the gilded pig is a quality establishment they will give a fair town sacked discount to all customers for today maybe tomorrow we'll see how it goes while supplies last life life always finds a way um i assume on the way that it was probably took a while uh she got to writing notes between somebody and somebody came out as a leader type in just this group what you know somebody that trisha set her up with 
she's going to make sure that that person talks to the manager while story starts showing people what tables to move, what to put where. Out on that balcony where you guys propped up the dead guy, like... Yeah. You guys remember that on the yeah. porch? Yeah. 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 We, weekend at Bernie's style? Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> where we forced Cigarette to do a weekend uh-huh. at Bernie's? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> actually. And you guys went inside and got appetizers. I sent drinks. some out. It is not my fault that Cigarette poo-pooed my appetizers and drink that I sent out. And then Story had way too much chocolate cake. And now you're judging my coping mechanisms. Pretty sure you, like, got nauseous. Or no, it was just upset stomach, wasn't it? She ate too much. Nope. I rolled well. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I remember I had to make your roll because you ate, like, a massive seven-layer chocolate cake or something. I shared. So, hustle and bustle. Uh, getting the patio area, the outdoor seating area set up with a canopy, setting up some makeshift stations for supplies, things like that. The dwarf comes out and he makes a makeshift bulletin board uh, for people to put notes on for names of the wounded or missing. And then probably about this time... Quill would definitely have shown up because that seems like that's a lot. So Quill would walk up and hear all of this commotion. You still have Rob out, right? Okay. So yeah, same thing. Walking up, probably a little more active things. Things are a little more active uh, now that story and the crew are there, but it seems pretty bleak. And then, the gilded pig stands. Oh, Quill pretty quickly start just going over, checking on people if they have injuries, tending to them as best as he can in the moment. Probably like minor bumps and scrapes, that thing first. Sure. Why give me a medicine check just for funsies? A twelve. Quill kills someone. Has to weaken and burnies them on the patio again. <laughs> Story sends out some artichoke dip. Stack them up. It's fine. He just has, there's, there's like a little, uh, uh, like wind chime or something. He like ties a string to, and then puts artichoke dip in someone's hand. So it just goes back and forth. No, with a 12, nothing spectacular. Stabilize someone, heal them a little bit. They're not feeling drastically better than before, but you didn't injured them with a dagger so there's Heal you could him. say there's a gilded lining thank you thank at you the gilded that. pig but yeah, once uh once nico finally shows up quill will probably have more to do ziggurat it's been a probably i would say a couple between supplies all this stuff it's probably been a couple hours Ziggurat going to keep resting? What does Ziggurat want to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, kind of going along with the plan that we were on our way out the door, it's just slowly kind of packing the room, packing everything together, making sure we have everything to go. Figured out, you know, that story had taken the cart uh, or or uh, 
Quill or one of the two. Um, and just kind of gets everything ready and asks for some help to take their stuff out towards the front so they can get it loaded up again. And just spend some time, yeah, trying to mend, like, tend to people as, and as well, heal them up a bit. And just kind of reflecting on his dream a bit. Okay. I would imagine Ziggurat's probably pretty distracted. Yeah. Like, like this is like busy work mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. With everything going on. Okay. Ziggurat, you'd probably head out, realize the cart is gone. Mm-hmm. Would you want to pursue said cart or would you just kind of organize things for when Story and them get back? For now, I'll just kind of get things organized. Maybe I'll ask somebody to go reach out or like, hey, uh, you know, grab somebody that at the door. Hey, um, would you be able to send somebody out? I don't know where Quill and Story went, but if I had to guess, uh, they probably went to that honestly kitschy restaurant bar whatever it's called you know the one oh yeah the gilded pig that's the (laughs) fucking one yeah that that i mean it's like mediocre right like they've got a big facade but it's like the food there you can go to any town and get that food they just put a little panache on it right anyway I digress. Would you be able to send somebody out there and let them know that I'm all ready to go here? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. Come on. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I would. It just last night was rough. You get it. I have to go sit down for a little bit more again. You gotta wear all that flair. <laughs> okay. Like twenty pieces. <laughs> okay, Nico is out and about gathering people. As you head back to the room, Ziggurat, you do see Yaladu in a makeshift stretcher. Being Yaladu. He's sitting up. You made it. Oh yes, yes. I'm 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 working on something, I think. Um Again. Yeah, well, I'm always working on something. Um Right. I'll just have to say, your machination thing, whatever, it, it was terrifying. It saved the day. Don't get me wrong. I think you know this, but you destroyed like at least 10% of the town. Well, I mean, so it saved 90%-ish. Right. The stuff that didn't burn. I guess that's a way to look at it. Just a little word of advice, I guess, is what I'm getting to. Maybe beta test mm. before you... Yeah, it was an emergency, right? Like, things can be excused for sure. But just don't want to get you in the habit that this one was a success-ish doesn't mean everything's going to be a success. True, true. Oh. There was that yeah. time... You don't need to... Yeah, just um, scale, right? Practice small and then get bigger. Ooh, smaller, then bigger. I like that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Anyway, we're going to head out. Um, We were. Actually, we said goodbye to you and everything already. So this is weird. 
Yeah, it's a little awkward. Yeah, and we're going to go. We really appreciate it, honestly. Um, make sure what the sacrifice that was given isn't wasted. Pay attention to the people outside of this building. Yes, yes. Um, that's that's part of this sort of um, working on it. And you look down at his lap, and it appears to be a clockwork map of Ragoon. And it's got little areas of, like, etched copper and things like that, and areas that have been damaged or burned out. And it's it's weirdly detailed for how quickly that he's managed to whip this thing together. But... You're skilled. Um... You're not officially the leadership of the town, but you are a leader of the town. Remember that. And it looks like you do. Anyway, uh, best of luck. Thank you. He reaches up one little hand, shake yours. The people assisting him in the stretcher litter move away with him, out the door. You go about... With organizing. Yeah. That's it. So. Let's real quick flash back to. Yeah, let's flash back to story and quill quick. Let's just fast forward a little bit through some of the nitty gritty stuff. So fast forward. Things are set up. (laughs) John. Oh, Quill is sawing someone's leg no, off. No, not really. Um, yeah. Civil War style. Just rubbing some dirt on it. Bite, bite down on this. We're going to let this bleed because that's the we'll, best we'll way get to the get leeches. the toxins out. Look at, look at these little babies. They're perfect. They'll drain all the humors out of you. Let's get some more maggots. You think you need leeches to make these people bleed? <laughs> well, <laughs> give me my daggers. <laughs> Story learns that there is a whole side of medicine, bloodletting. She can do this. She's going to take a level in Necromancer next. She earns the street name the Bloodletter. I love it. Yes. Fast forward a little bit. There's a lot more activity at the Gilded Pig now. Jerry the Fry Cook is whipping up food like crazy. They're just giving it away. He's doing the good thing, John. I know you I were would, concerned. I would imagine but... that if there was any thought of actually, like, charging, uh, there would have been a bird. It's like a free who's very... will donation tip jar or something. Just... Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but if you could, it would help cover There's this. There's just a single piece you know? of paper that gets slid across the bar table, the bar counter, that just says... You don't need all of your fingers. Eventually, you see Nikau and Yaladu in the stretcher approaching. Okay. There's a small retinue along with them. Some of the faces you might have recognized from when Pater spoke outside of the sheriff's office. Nikau... Walks straight up to Quill. Um, 
Well, I, I got who I could find. Um, obviously, you know Yaladu. Um, got some of the various leaders. Um, it's it's like the local shuffleboard club president, and you know it it it's gonna have to do in a pinch. I'm sorry, mate. Well, that's that's fine as long as they can get the word out to the rest of these people. Oh, you want to talk to the bingo guy? He's a terrible gossip. Thank you. Well, uh, using Rava looks among the crowd that's gathered. Who is there anyone out there that looks injured beyond just basic immediate medical needs? Like magical healing would be able to help them, but physical medicine would take significantly longer. I would imagine by this point, there'd probably be a good triage section where they're probably tending to the, the people they can realistically save at this point. It would be pretty obvious the ones that either don't stand a chance or they don't think they're going to be able to save. Okay. Uh, Nikau, if you could gather them over, over there. Story is going to find, as soon as it seems like things are being handled and that it's the talk time, she's going to find somewhere tactical to go sit and watch for anybody doing anything not great. There are still fires in the city from the battle that was. I'm just kind of taking up a perch somewhere where she can oversee the Mm -hmm. crowd, keep an eye on things so we don't have a repeat of what happened at the sheriff's office. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Nikau gathers up, especially the, the people that he specifically brought around. And they're kind of muttering amongst themselves. Probably a few of them you might have seen at the underground. Most of them just, most of the faces you do recognize, it would have been just that kind of happenstance either at the sheriff's office during that encounter or just around. Okay. Once they've they've kind of been gathered, Phil once again has had that signet ring in a pocket, palms it out in a paw, kind of clenches down on it. Well then, I'm glad Nikau could get you all here. I'm not from this town, but from where I come from, my uh, kind are considered nobility. And as such, I would ask you First and foremost, who among you speaks for Ragoon? Nikau steps forward. His mate, um, gonna be honest, with Patagon, probably the nut job gnome. He's. He's probably all we've got. Yaladu pipes up. Yeah, me. You've lost so much. All of you. 
you are yourselves lost, much like I and my companions are. We've come, we helped fight, we touch your town briefly. But on our journey, we are no closer to our goal than we were before we ever came here. You all need direction. And Quill kind of raises up that signet ring and tosses it into the earth in front of him. You can't continue going on being two separate towns. Yaladu, you have worked with the underground and from the brief time I was there, you, though strange at times, run quite the organization. You keep your people safe. Those of you who have gone to ignore those that use magic in your town, that try your best to pretend that your neighbors and your friends and the people you live with, your brothers, your sisters, children, that they, aspects of them are unimportant, unvalued, that they are strange or weird for being able to use cantrips or practice skills that come naturally. To save your town, you need to forget these ills. Yaladu, you bravely came to the defense of everyone. You uh, had some trouble during the fight, but you, you told me that it needed more time, but you still came. You still fought when the town needed you. And out of everyone here... As an outsider, as someone who has lived with this, you should take the time to find your place among the greater city itself. But with that, those of you who hate magic, you can't keep going on like this. And with that, Quill walks over to one of the more injured people, the people that they think is unsalvageable, but still alive, and will cast Cure Light Wounds. And he steps over to another, and using the warlock feature of the celestial patron, uses the d6 healing pools and cures another one. Magic is not evil alone. It is not always good. But you cannot stand idly by any longer and segregate your town. Just for the means of pretending it is one way or another. The threat you face is real. Those, whatever you want to call them, false sheriffs, cultists, they came to destroy you last night. You need to stop wandering in the dark as we've done. You need to band together my friends and I, we make for Bridgeton. If there's any word you wish us to carry to the nobles there, I will gladly bring it with you, and I will stamp it into the earth in front of them. But you have to make a decision now and here 
what your future brings. Because those people, they go back into the dark spaces and they lick their wounds and they raise the dead like some twisted perversion. And they'll be back. And you all need to be ready because I do not want to see this town fall. So again, I ask, who among you speaks for Ragoon? You see one of the assorted leaders stand up and he looks over at Yalidu and he goes, Look at what magic has done here, though. Look at the fire. Look at the death. Yalidu suddenly straightens up and probably more pissed off than you've ever seen him. He goes, Nikau! Tall one! And Nikau comes over and lifts him up onto his shoulders. Don't you see? Don't you see? You're not going to escape this by ignoring it. He's right. We've been two separate towns for decades. This isn't going to get better or go away. You're all facing things that you've never seen in a lifetime. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out two gears. He goes, look. These don't work when they're not together. And he puts them together for a moment and into his lap, and then he holds up what he's been working on, which is a clockwork ragoon. Creations like this only work with all of the parts working in unison. They're so much stronger when they're together. It's time for ragoon to stand together so we can fight this new threat. It is our time to stand. I can't really stand right now, but if I could... <laughs> higher. The assorted leader, that one in particular, still looks a little hesitant, but you can definitely tell they are swayed. This is not what I wanted. I was perfectly content to sit and work on my machines. But sometimes we have to step out and do what we must. At least some of you know, I didn't always live here. I've been out there. I've seen some of the great and horrible things that magic can do. Let us help this town. And Quill, I think if there's word to bring, it's that war is coming. Ragoon stands to fight. I'm very proud of you, Yaladu. And Quill, using Rala, goes over, picks his signet ring up out of the dirt. And I guess reaches up. And hands it to Yaladu. Yaladu goes, well, this is a first. Someone's handing something up to me. Are you sure you're not going to need this? Well, I'm going. A mark of nobility will mean less than nothing. But acting as a noble should will mean far greater. 
Plus, it's nice and shiny, Yalidu. People gotta see you from a distance. With that, he taps on Nikau. Nikau lowers him back to the stretcher. There's a fair amount of kind of this shocked muttering and silence, but for the first time since the fighting started, there does seem to be an undercurrent of hope. Yaladu eases back. He's clearly overdone it. Nikau turns. I need to get him back. Go take care of him. I'll do what I can with what strength I have left until the others are ready to leave. And one of the Yaladu's retinue pipes up. Um, your dragonborn wanted us to tell you he's he's getting your things together. Thank you. Well, I can set some things on the mend on the way back. Where's the story at? Story has, when she feels things are safe and they're just talking, she has made her way to the kitchen to find the cook and get some food. Another seven layer cake. Yes. You guys are going to make your way back. Are you making, are you going to like go with Yaladu or are you just, you're going to work your way back? We'll probably, are there any nearby fires still burning? Uh, Yes. Yep. Quill uh, like pointedly looks at the guy and has like points to him, points to the fire, casts, uh, just a cantrip, just a just a handy little cantrip, ray of frost, just gets rid of the fire in that area. It's not evil. Stories behind Quill going, what are you going to do? <laughs> Story's also going to point out that Yalagdu can ride in the back of the cart. Losing all that puff and bluster, Quill climbs back into the cart after that and sheepishly looks in a head crusher's direction. I I could couldn't find a bushel of carrots, head crusher. I'm sorry. I found one, but I would have had to steal it and it I didn't seem appropriate at the time. Story offers cake. Head crusher eats the cake. He looks a little disappointed though. Once once we get to the next town, a bushel of carrots. And a bushel of apples. And then Head Crusher gets enormous diarrhea from having that much chocolate. Just not good for donkeys. <laughs> the way back is fairly uneventful. Yaladu in the back of the wagon is very tired. But he starts pontificating about some adventure that he was on in his youth um, across the sea to story. And then eventually you make your way back. And yes, I can type up a story at some point for Anne. Um, 
I actually did start writing some background stories about that and Friar Benjamin. So when you get back, Zigrit, you see, has your gear and things organized and packed and ready to go. Zigrit, you see the wagon approaching with Head Smasher, Fred the Horse. Y'all forgot about Fred the Horse, didn't no. you? Mm-mm. No, we paid too much for to forget about him. <laughs> Zigrit, you see the wagon approaching, head smasher. You see this small retinue, now with an empty litter, but you can hear Yaladu kind of yammering on to story. So what would, would Zigrit just kind of be doing more busy work? He's waiting at this point. He's kind of like leaning up against a, a beam on a can, building. It's kind of hanging Quill out. Will and Story do me a perception check, please? I mean, I can, but... <laughs> mm, uh, a six. Nine. She is in this story. Zigrit. You're just stretched out. You happen to glance over as they approach... And you realize the beam you're leaning on is on fire. I kind of react to it. And am I, is the, is it hot? It's like a comfortable warmth. Like it is visibly on fire. And it maybe has an odd texture, which may be what prompted you to look at it. But it is definitely on fire and more comfortable than fire should normally be. I recoil as a a person would at seeing that and then realize it's not burned me. (laughs) And I just chuckled. (laughs) Well, that was definitely not just a dream then. Uh, Okay. And just kind of mumbling myself and wait for them to come over. Hey there. Yeah, I think it's about time. We have a long way to go, I think, still. As you start loading your gear into the wagon and unload Yaladu, because he's mildly incapacitated. Story asks if, if, if he knows where that particular surprise is. Yes, um... Unfortunately, with the excitement, I didn't quite get it done yet. I'm sorry. But it's in progress, I promise. Maybe, uh, maybe with a twist. She, she quick writes down. Okay, so the directions in the note, do that. I'll send money when. So did Quill and Ziggurat ever find out about that? Yeah, I read it out loud. Nope. The, oh, no, what no. it is? No. Yeah, I mean... Sh- no. Are are you doing this no. in front of them? This part, yes. Because she would have informed Yaladu to not actually tell them what it was. Okay. All right. Any reaction from either of those? Or I mean, you're both probably pretty preoccupied. It's story. I mean, we we, told, we also just saw her hold a note up. Ziggurat doesn't necessarily True. read everything. Story writes. Well, and, and she would. It would have been like this is a note for Yaladu. Right. Okay. And she's going to write down down payment and give him 
to 150 gold. Okay. Quill just telepathically tells Rava to turn, pointedly just stare at Story the entire time, just slowly just shake her little head back and forth. <laughs> As you start packing things up, removing the items that the underground borrowed to you to set up this care shelter, Nikau, Trisha, and Yaladu stand off to the side and are just watching. Nikau walks up to Zigrit as you're preparing. Mate, um, I know you have lots of questions. And I wish I could go yeah. with you and, and tell you more stories and more of what I've seen. Um... But I'm I have no fear that our paths are gonna cross again, mate. Smaller world than I would have thought, to be honest. Um for sure. Mm. Reaches this big meaty hand out. Claps yours. Because safe travels, mate. Yeah, safe travels. Um Whatever you're doing, you probably travel. You're a bard. You've been around. Anyway, we'll see you later. And then Trisha walks up. She has a bundle. You keep practicing. I've got some notes. And some stuff for you to practice with. And she hands you a package and inside is your herbalism kit along with a small assortment of herbs to practice with. Thank you. This will come in very handy. We like to get hurt, so anything we can do to keep ourselves uh, healthy. Appreciate the skills and the materials. Yaladu also has a little package. I would assume. Neatly wrapped. <laughs> took me a second neatly wrapped as one does <laughs> hands it off to Quill it is large box shaped very heavy he goes just keep practicing buddy you'll get there did I did I move up to intermediate level yet <laughs> no Oh. Well, thank you anyways. It's another children's book. Does this one have the little things I can pull back and forth to make the things move? It's pop-up. Thank you. <laughs> and there's some supplies, too, just for... Oh, that will come in handy. Thank I you. talked with some of the guys in case you needed to add more to your little book. I definitely believe that will be... Yeah, I think it'll happen. And then they say their goodbyes. Noticeably absent is Jorsrin. Probably towards, I would assume at this point, dusk. You begin to leave town. This time, things are a lot quieter. Gonna get ambushed? <laughs> no ambush this time. Story... Is still on alert. 
um, as we start to like kind of get out of town and things start to get a little quieter, I'm assuming it's pretty quiet in the cart as we leave. Um, Ziggurat speaks up and says, oh, I had a bit of a dream while I was out. <laughs> in this dream, I woke up and found myself in oh, like Dragon Valhalla, basically. It's uh, like heaven. It's not heaven, right? It's like, it's hard to explain. It's like, so Bahamut is like our our creator, in a sense, our God, but not really our God. He like he did create us. We descended from him, and he ascended into another realm in dimension. And I was there, and he has these these seven uh, like gold dragons that uh, kind of serve him and act as his his uh, different functionaries. And I spoke to one. She spoke to me and told me that uh, Bahamut feels the need, out of fear, of what's all going on with the burnt hand, that he would like to get involved more. Uh, in essence, in this dream, I was told I'm on the right path myself and that um, the Forgotten One, you know, the little demon girl that we met uh not really a demon she was she alluded to this but she was actually like a prime deity in her time and the burnt hand thousands of years ago millennia ago trapped her and she is there um the one who leads i was told the burnt hand is timeless, if this isn't uh, scary enough, uh, not of this plane. But I was asked to deal with it in a direct fashion or roundabout way, and I was tasked with gathering the remains of Bahamut. And that would seem weird in like a dream, except, and I pull out my wand, this is, <laughs> was passed down in my family for generations. Uh, this wand is actually a part of Bahamut himself. It is uh, part of his wing. Uh, and I was tasked with gathering the remainder of the remains. I don't know what for. The next one will be along the shores of Lake Adura, which is in Mathanas, which is on our way. And, you know, honestly, I thought this was all like, these are all things in my life. I've not been surprised by any of the information told to me. So one could convince themselves that that dream was just a dream. And as I'm talking, I take a uh, like a piece of tinder out of my pack and I light it afire. Except, I'll notice this happened to me, and I, you know, it's not unusual for me to hold fire in the hand that I'm casting, but I take my other hand and I grab it, and I'm holding on to it. Um, story, can you confirm that this is hot? She touches it. It's real fire. 1d6 damage. 
she whacks you. This is not something that I could normally do. Um, gold dragons have an affinity for fire. Is I've cast a lot of fire spells, but resistance to this is not something that I've had in the past. Until I woke up. I believe the dream was real. And I believe that beyond delivering the message of Pelor, and I cannot speak for your paths, but at least my path has a lot more intersection with similar things that just happened in this town. Yeah. Anyway, I believe that I communed with a god. It seems I underestimated that we've got a long way to go. Seems a bit longer, but for what it's worth, I'm happy to travel with you. And more than that, I had a dream of my own. Oh, shit. Quill, Quill takes out the spell book he has. It was not quite as informational as yours was. Simple. I received what I assumed was another spell. It was written in a handwriting I recognized. And I spent the time chiseling the panel, tapping it, so that I could copy it into my spellbook in the dream. But when I awoke, and the story, you, I, I don't know if you saw, but I, I formed a connection to, to whom I don't know, though, with our experiences with Muriel and uh, the jam. Forgotten one. That gem, by the way, sorry to interrupt, this is something I learned, came from the blood of Bahamut. Fun little fact. Oh yes, it was, it was very delicious and I was told it was made from blood. So, didn't want to really share that part, but I guess you know. For the skeptics out there, there's a lot of corroboration happening here. And as much as I'd want to say it was just a dream... Anyway, continue. Well, when I awoke, I have I have new skills, new talents that aren't exactly trained. I think they come from a place more akin to your your nature, Sigrid. I I just have new abilities, new spells. And I'm excited to start a new chapter in my life. I I grew up learning magic. But now, maybe I can achieve more. So, Story, what was your dream about? <laughs> she signs at you guys. When y'all step in it, you just, like, step in it. I just dreamt a phone. Yeah. That's a good dream road at least my road and i would love to share this road with you both i'd like it to end with my parents one way or the other but uh <laughs> and that was just the start of another road it seems like it, it's hard to say because it wasn't necessarily my beliefs that a god could or would intervene directly uh, in my life, anyway. And I don't necessarily consider Bahamut a god, but he is basically that. If not a minor version of one. 
it's just weird to say that I have a mission from a god. Well, it seems appropriate. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> that was not story. Story is done with the God stuff. Uh, that's just loving the Blues Brothers. I uh, I think I have a name in my spellbook. I mean, all great casters, they name their books. This one, I think I'll call the Key of the Lost. I like it. This has been an interesting couple of what we're at weeks, months, maybe now. Anyway, I really appreciate you both. Been through a lot of stuff. And uh it is easy to say if we stay together anyway, if you choose to follow me, we're in for a lot of shit ahead. So let's enjoy the time and the ride that we have together. Yeah, story signs up, both of you. You two are going to die without me. Oh, we're not going to die. You you have these big, great... No. No. <laughs> I've come to care about both of you. You will die without me. I can't let that happen. You just... Have you either of you heard of a cinnamon roll? Uh, yeah. No. I, I've heard of cinnamon, but uh, not sure what the roll part of that comes in. I did tell you both that we had a lot of money growing up, right? <laughs> we had luxuries. Yeah. yeah, cinnamon roll. We need to find him a cinnamon roll, and then you will both understand what you are. That's the true journey here. Get Quill a cinnamon roll. That's the quest we're on. All the other stuff. That's... We tried pumpkin pie. Did not work out well. No. I still like it. Honestly, I like it more after that. Now let's put some distance between us and this town before Yaladu finds out that the stone in that signet ring is fake. Okay. <laughs> we're not... We weren't very rich, unfortunately. <laughs> Onward. Well... It just so happens that Mathanas is on the way to Bridgeton, so um, I threw my god. I'd have to figure out a different term. That seems freaking weird. Through Bahamut, whatever. He asked me to go to this town and check out this. Um, apparently, and I did not know this, there's a place much like my own, my home, around Lake um, Adura. So... If you're all okay with it, that's where we'll head. Onward and upward. And as the sun fades down, set the sun on Ragoon. Finally. After 18 frickin' We're episodes. free. <laughs> we've gotten out of Ragoon. We've escaped. Before we left town, when we were saying goodbyes... Story uh, handed off a letter to Yaladu to send. Okay. As we close, the wagon clatters on to the south and east towards Lake Adura and Mathanus. As it fades in the distance, the camera pans back a little bit. 
and we see a short, well-dressed figure standing in the middle of the road with his little crystalline unicorn. And his eyes are fogged over white. And he turns towards the unicorn. It begins. Fade to black. I'm gonna fucking kill that gnome. I'm gonna fucking kill that gnome. (laughs) And that's where we'll end our episodes. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who has been sticking with us during this long break that we had. I'm really hoping everyone is excited about where the story is taking us. I know. I'm really excited. I've got a bunch more fun things that are going around in my wispy, slowly fading hairline. The stories are coming out of your hair? Yep. Well, I mean... They gotta come from somewhere. They're like antenna, really. It just gets drawn. He, in. he actually just pulls a, a hair out, and then he can actually read across the. Hair. Yeah. No, actually, that's how I write in my journal. Is I don't have a quill, so I just pop a hair out, dip it in ink, and that's where the that's where the imagination comes from. Til Steve is a porcupine. Yes. Thank you to everyone who is listening. To the podcast. Tonight, I was the GM. With me was John. I am Seasonal Bard, or John. And I play Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard Lizard, Warlock. And Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I play Story, the Kanku Rogue, who's real done with all of this god shit. And Mark. Hi. I'm Mark. I've been Sigrid. And uh, personally, I'm here for it. Collectively, we are one small part of Uber Geek Media. If you like the content that Uber Geek Media is putting out, please leave a like or a review for In Absentia. Right now, that's probably the number, well, probably the number two thing you can do to help Uber Geek Media out. If you really want to go the extra mile and put a little bit of cheddar our way, you can certainly subscribe to us on Twitch when we record live like we do pretty much every Friday. Also, you can go to our website, www.ubergeekmedia.com, hit the donate button, and that is the most direct way to help us out financially. Now, that being said, there is a lot going on in the world right now. We totally understand if you can't donate to us. We just appreciate the support here and on social media, again, with everything going on. If it comes down to you having to donate to us, not being able to donate at all, or donating to a charity of your choice, pick the charity of your choice. Just make sure that you research it and that you know where your money's going. All of you have a fantastic night. Stay safe and be good to each other. Good night.